Welcome to a special crossover episode of the Policing Matters Inside EMS and Side Alpha podcast, brought to you by Lexful Connect, a virtual conference on public safety hot topics. Learn more at lexfullconnect.com. On behalf of Police One and EMS One, I'm Janelle Foskett, editor in chief for FireRescueOne.com. I'm speaking today with risk management expert Gordon Graham. As many of you may know, Gordon founded Lexapol in 2003 and the company has since grown to serve more than 2 million customers using content and technology to build safer communities with policy, training, and grant funding assistance. Gordon, thank you so much for speaking with me today. It's an honor to be here, Janelle. Great. I'd like to talk a little bit today about coordination of response efforts among public safety agencies. Whether responding to high-risk, low-frequency calls like active shooter incidents, the events we've seen associated with civil unrest, or even the more bread and butter incidents, police, fire, and EMS are together on scene working to mitigate the situation. Gordon, how can agencies best employ training and policies to ensure their efforts have a synergistic effect rather than just three agencies operating in silos? A very timely question, Janelle, and you know me, and some of the people listening to this know me, but for those of you who haven't met me, if I was a kid today growing up, They'd have me on Ritalin and heroin. My brain is all over the place. And when Janelle asked that question, my brain instantly defaulted to something. About a decade ago, I was having dinner with the chief of the London Metropolitan Police Department. And he gave me his card and just his name. And underneath his name was, my job is to know my community before I need to know them. And you know, that's a real, real smart thing to do. If the first time you meet your community members is after some tragedy, you know, that's too late. That's too late. Mm -hmm. So what's this got to do with Janelle's question? Uh, Everything. You know, your job is to know each other before you need to know each other. You know, I'll go back to my days as a motorcycle cop in the 70s. I worked in Metropolitan Los Angeles, one of the 110 CHP offices. And regularly we would have incidents on the freeway downtown Los Angeles, where LA City Fire Department showed up. And there was always a problem when LA City Fire Department showed up. It was a hostile environment, truly. The cops and firefighters did not get along. The CHP's job is to get that roadway moving again. For every minute of queuing, you're gonna have you know six minutes of delay in traffic. And so that was a problem. And we wanted to get the freeway moving. Their job was to take care of the scene. These things, and not just in central Los Angeles, but around the country, these things have ended up in fisticuffs. Occasionally, firefighters get arrested by police officers for blocking roadways. You know, when I became a sergeant, uh, I went to my squad one day and I said, once a month, I want you to buy in for dinner at your local Los Angeles City Fire Department facility. And boy, the blowback was incredible. You can't force us to do that. You can't force us to do this. They actually filed a union grievance against me. And the captain backed me up on this. And so the cops started having dinner once a month at fire stations. Unintended consequences. Three months later, I couldn't get my cops out of the fire stations. What did (laughs) they learn? They had kids in the same school. They enjoyed the same music. They enjoyed the same cars. You know, they had more in common than they didn't have in common. Huh. You know, when I have control over a class, and I've been doing this for 40 years, and I look at where people sit in class, where do firefighters sit, where do cops sit, where do paramedics sit, where do the uh, dispatchers sit, you know, and you'll see, geez, all the women sit over here, 
the black cops and the black firefighters sit over here. Uh, you know, the Mexicans sit over here. You know, the women sit over here. Holy moly, when I have control over a class, I make people sit alphabetically. Sit next to somebody you don't know, because someday you're going to need to know that person. Someday. You know, if, if I was to ever write a book about myself, which would be very rude, one of the titles I would choose is Talk to Everyone. I am absolutely convinced if more people talk to people, just talk to people, we could brace, break down all the race issues, all the sex issues, a lot of the political issues, but we don't even talk to people anymore. I drive my lovely bride nuts with this. We'll go to some place and I'll start talking to somebody ahead of me in line. You don't even know him. Well, I do now. Talk to everyone. Huh. Learning and sharing. Learning and sharing. And this is a big thing I love about Police One and Fire Rescue One. It's an open forum where we can learn and share things, folks. Which brings us to the question that Janelle posed. And don't forget, I'm a lawyer and I get paid by the hour. Uh, you know, if the first time you meet all the other first responders from different agencies is on the day of the event, that's a problem lined in wait. I think we need to, number one, standardize our best practices. And that was one of my goals with Lexapol is getting everybody working off the same sheet of paper. We need to have constant and rigorous training, constant and rigorous training. If you're a fan of Lexapol, you log on, you get trained and tested every day, many times on the things that ultimately are going to cause you the most problems. I would recommend that the hands-on training, we do it together, hands-on training where we meet together and, uh, you know, chat with each other along with the training, getting to know each other, you know, and, and the, the big thing that I want to stress here is we need to know each other, the value of the coffee pot. Many hospitals have figured this out. They figured this out. You know, you want cops in that hospital, have a room on the side of the hospital someplace where there's some coffee. Cops will show up, you know. You know, talking to people is very, very valuable. Getting to know people before you need to know people. And of all of our discussions and everything we do in public safety from 911 to EMS to cops to firefighters and everybody in between, it all gets down to preservation of life. And that's why it's so essential that we know each other. We know our policies and procedures, constant ongoing training. We take this stuff seriously. So when we show up on some major event, we all have that common goal of preservation of life. That's what public safety is all about. Janelle, I hope that made sense. Absolutely. I think it's such a great point. Talk to everyone and do so beforehand. Like you said, it's the time to be meeting your counterparts is not at the incident. It's well before. And this is the type of content we're going to hear more about at the Lexical Connect Virtual User Group Conference, which is October 14th. Attendance is free for everyone. Gordon, you're one of the keynote presenters for the conference. Can you briefly explain who would benefit from participating in Lexful Connect? Everyone in public safety would benefit. Uh, my, my talk is very brief. It's only 45 minutes. And uh, I, I lay out what my life is all about. Everybody knows, oh, he's some ex-cop who now is a lawyer. Uh, that's true. But what a lot of people don't know is prior to law school, I did my graduate work at the University of Southern California's Institute of Safety and Systems Management. If you're completely bored some night and you got nothing to do, Google it. USCISSM. Now, where did this ISSM come from? Our United States military, 
Uh, and I know I got some veterans listening to this and some current reservists and some proud moms and dads and maybe some gold star families. Our military has a terrible, terrible safety record. Last year, we celebrated the 75th anniversary of D-Day. I think a lot of people know this. When uh, our military stormed Utah Beach, we lost 197 soldiers on D-Day. What a lot of people don't know is that one month prior to D-Day, on a training exercise getting ready for D-Day, we lost 750 American soldiers of the training exercise. And that was not isolated. Throughout World War II, we lost a lot of our personnel from accidents. At the end of World War II, the military said, let's do something about it. In 1950, they contracted with the University of Southern California to build this program to educate military leaders on the principles of risk management. And 25 years later, in 75, I was in one of the first classes of non-military personnel at the ISSM, where I got hooked on the study of tragedy. So I've been a lawyer now for 38 years. As a lawyer, I handle tragedies. Some of the incidents in the news today, I've been there, done that. The injuries, the deaths, the embarrassments, the lawsuits, the lack of public trust, criminal filings against police officers and firefighters. That's what lawyers do is they handle tragedies. I study them and I look for cause. And if you've ever been to one of my long programs, you know my pet peeve. We don't teach risk management in grade school in this country. We don't teach it in high school. And hear this one loud and clear. We hire women and men and put them into the complex high-risk job of 911 operations or cop shops or fire departments. Is there any training on risk management at the start of your career? You know, that's a problem lying in wait. Well, Gordon, we talk about it all the time. No, we don't. We don't get it. We don't even know what causes tragedies. Well, Gordon, that's easy. Well, not really. You know, for 40 years on the lecture circuit, I've been boring people with stories about tragedy, Titanic. And why do I keep on talking about Titanic? Wherever I go, everybody knows Titanic. You go to Dubai, they know Titanic. You go to Finland, they know Titanic. You go to Helsinki, they know Titanic. I'm talking to you here in the States, you know Titanic. 108 years ago, 1,500 people ended up dead. What caused it? Walk up to 100 Americans today and ask them what caused tragedy Titanic. 99 will tell you it was the iceberg. Why do we do that? Why is it when we ask people what caused the tragedy, they instantly default to the event in time that immediately preceded the tragedy? The ship hit the iceberg, the ship went down, therefore the iceberg had to be the cause. Well, I believe the iceberg was the proximate cause, the event that instantly preceded the tragedy, but real risk managers don't stop when they identify proximate cause. Real risk managers go back in time and ask this question. Were there related causes? Were there contributory causes? Were there associated causes? Were there root causes? Were there conditions? Were there cultures? Were there problems lying in wait that everybody knew about and nobody did a darn thing about it? You know, having studied public safety tragedies now for 40 plus years, there's five problems lying in wait. Sometimes it's a lack of quality people. Sometimes it's a lack of quality policy. Sometimes it's a lack of good training. Sometimes it's supervisors not behaving like supervisors. And sometimes it's a lack of organizational discipline. People, policy, training, supervision, and discipline. And 17 years ago, 2003, when Bruce Prayett, my partner here at Lexable, and I were thinking about everything we could do, that's our foundation. Give me an organization that gets and keeps good people, builds good policies, keeps them fully and adequately trained, 
assuring that supervisors behaving like supervisors and taking discipline when rules are not followed. When you take all five of those things seriously, we have a much higher probability of avoiding tragedies. And on that users conference that uh, Chanel mentioned, that's what I'm gonna focus on. And I'll break down people, policy, training, supervision, and discipline, and hopefully be able to give you some very quick ideas, strategies, and tactics that you can take back to your respective agencies with the ultimate goal of improving your already good operations. So I hope that makes sense, Janelle, but I'll be covering that in great detail on that users conference. I believe it's October 14th. Yes, absolutely. It definitely makes a lot of sense and there's a lot to cover here. Very complex issues that comes back to five very basic pillars. So I think that's some really good information that everyone will have a chance to learn more about at Lexical Connect. Um, and like I mentioned, you know, Gordon will be speaking with Lexical's other co-founder, Bruce Prayett. Some of the other featured speakers will include Deputy Chief Billy Goldfeder, Police Chief Ken Wallentine, Law Enforcement Attorney Laura Scary, and Fire Service Attorney Kurt Verone. So please join us for use of force policy, the challenges facing fire departments and EMS agencies, how to create a high-performing agency, and many other important topics that we're going to cover at Lexipol Connect. And you can register for free at lexipolconnect.com. Gordon, thank you so much for talking to me today about coordination of response efforts and the user conference. And thanks everyone for joining us as well. Gordon, thank you so much. Thank you, Janelle. Take care, everyone.